I've titled this message this morning, Is High School Over Yet? Is High School Over? I've been praying and praying and sifting, Lord, as we enter a new season, a new year, you know, first and foremost, who's, all, who's done with their, new, their goals? Like, I'm done, I started them, and I'm not, anyone just gave up on them? I, I have. Y'all are all perfect in here. Let me tell you, if you think you're perfect, you don't fit in here. But if you're broken, then you know you're messed up, and you know you need Jesus Christ. It's welcome here. It's welcome here. It was last night I was, got home, and I always go home and rush to eat. We were watching, I don't know, not Coco Melon, but um, Bluey, one of the kids' shows. I hate, you know, since having kids, let me tell you, I don't get to watch no Netflix. I'm done watching anything I like. But Arya, um, she's my youngest one. And let me tell you, what do I call my babies? What are they? Hams. Okay, she's, she's, and she's got a, a bigger head, okay? She was laying down on me, and she just went, bam. Ooh. I DHS, maybe I almost, I almost got DHS calling me. I said, Lord, help me. I tell you that because for me, I have to guard myself. I almost said a bad word in my mind. Okay, has, have any of you ever said a bad word in your mind? Now I made you think. Now I made y'all think of a bad word, and y'all have to go to church on Sunday and go to the altar on that. But we, as human beings, we were born with sin because of Adam and Eve, and we're born with this, and it's inherent in us. And I don't have to. My three-year-old, she is a monster, Brielle. She'll bulk up to you and say no. Then what I do? I get the the spoon and give her some spankings, and she cries. And because I love her, right? But she's stubborn, stiff-necked. It reminds me of us big kids. We're stubborn. We're stiff-necked. We don't get along with each other. I ask, why don't we get along with each other? Why aren't we as kind as we ought to be? And why do we not overlook things? You realize the same things you dealt with in high school, it's almost like it's followed you into college. Who would agree? Raise your hand if some things, some drama has followed you in here. Or maybe it's time by two, right? You're like, you've got to be kidding. I came to Sterling trying to get a new life. And now it's here, and it's in my click. What? But God, I thought you were going to move me out, give me a new identity, a fresh start. People don't know who I am, so I can put a nice smile on my face, dress nice, and be fake, right? Or I can be who I am and be broken and be willing to be transparent and vulnerable. But unity here at Sterling College, would you say, you know, I can say these things. I mean, I'm the new guy here, so... Would you say, you know, seniors, would you say this university within the student body, would you say y'all mesh together, or, or, or would you say that we're so segregated with each department, you know, is it the athletics here, or the worship arts here, or, or theology major here, or what would you say, and, and why is it the way it is? Well, first, first and foremost, personality, we're not all going to get along with each other because we're wired differently. But as believers, I am to put aside and be selfless and seek the interest of others on, other than my interest. I have to be willing to put you first because I want to adorn the gospel in your life and allow you to glorify God and, and what you do in your area of discipline. But sometimes 
our responses to conflict is bad. Our response. How do you respond when you get into conflict? How many of you like to argue? Who likes to argue in here, right? Who has a, who's dating, right? Who's got a boyfriend or girlfriend? Raise your hand. All right. So the singles in here, there's a lot of people single in here, okay? You can come talk to me after chapel about that. Okay, I'm going to be honest, right? Who had an argument this morning with their a girlfriend or boyfriend through text message? Yeah? Hey, those are bad. Like, haven't you ever had an argument with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or if you're married in here, that it just ruined your week? And you had the argument like on Sunday, but you still talk about it today? It's easily, I can be happy one second, and someone says something negative to me, and I can just turn off and just shut you off and click out. I'm like, how dare you say that to me? Or have you ever walked into the room and someone just looked you up and down? I'm like, take me on a date first. <laughs> right? Or about this. I'm talking about this type of judgment. They look at you like, oh. You know, I had a kid in youth group bought some Nikes. He's like, Jose, did you buy those on clearance? I said, yes. He's like, ew. I said, bro, you're wearing Walmart. Ew. I said, I know your dad, and I've got to give you a ride after church. I said, my, my shoes are, he said, they're drip. That's what he said. But we judge each other based on, have you ever had that? When you walk into the room, you just feel like you don't fit in. They look at you, not taking you on a date, but also the bad looking, looking at you, right? It's like, bro, what are you doing? You, you, you're so fake. Uh, you, you act like this, but we know that your girlfriend or boyfriend, y'all are, you're all having a hard time and y'all are about to break up. And we know that you argue and that's, it's an abusive and it's, she needs security because her father wasn't alive and you need security because your mom didn't love you. And so y'all bash back and forth and you stay in that relationship because it looks good on social media. And you stay in that relationship because it's what you do here at Sterling College. I don't want to be alone when I go to dance or go skating or go bowling. I don't. I don't want to be lonely. So I put up with it. We put up with it in our relationships. We put up with it in our drama. We put up with it in our response to conflict. And as Christians, we have, have we let this be our guiding point? Or have we succumbed to the world's standards of how we treat people? We treat people so bad. You know, I encourage you. Someone got a phone call over there. Shout out. Follow me on Instagram. But don't we just... Put people on blast. When's the last time you spoke negatively about somebody? Let me see if I can think of one. Oh, yeah, my wife and I did. Who was it about? It was probably, you know, Jordan, it was probably something about parenting. Us parents were like, ew, they're kids. Okay, parenting world, we want to dress our kids up so they can be cute. Selfish. We wanted them to have the Nikes so they can be cute when they go to church for the photo. Selfish. We want to have a better profile picture so people can think we have it together when we don't. We want to have a good family summer picture because it looks good on our tans and looks like we're all happy, but we're not. We put on so much things to impress people because people's opinions of us have more power than who we believe in ourselves. Is high school over yet? Is it over? When you get, when you, drama's everywhere. It's like you, it follows you everywhere, doesn't it? Those of you who came as freshmen here and now are upperclassmen, some people still don't, haven't forgiven you. They still hold you to that person. They still hold you to their 
mindset. See, we, we live in a world where people's mindset has shifted and changed and warped against culture. Truth now is what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. My favorite ice cream is Rocky Rose, but yours may be chocolate. This is my truth. How dare you impede your social construct on me? It's my truth. How dare you? People are, they don't know what truth is. It's like, what is truth? Well, that's your truth. Don't, Austin, that's your truth. Don't push that religion on me. Zach, that's your truth. That's, that's a good theology you have, but it's not about me. The church hurt me. I'm done. I grew up in this tradition. I'm done. I believe in God, but I don't need no part of the church. The demons believe in God, and they shudder in fear. But with self-validation and then self-serving mind, I want to introduce the passage to us this morning. In Romans chapter 5, I will stay within the text. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. If there's one verse that you have not put in your heart, Christian, it's verse 8, but I'll start with verse 6 up here. I'll try to read it up there. It's okay if it's not. By the way, um, if I mess up when I read, just say amen. Okay, will you help me out? And I'll mess up on purpose if you say amen. And you're going to have speakers in here that want you to say, when you say amen, like Oscar Gomez was here last week, amen is just a term you say, I agree. You grew up in the background that says preach. Back when I was in California, when my pastor preached, I would say, preach. I would say, preach. Because he'd get up in your face and he'd spit on your face when he preached. So I learned not to sit in the front row. You can say glory, hallelujah, whatever God's moving. You ain't got to sit like a robot. Okay, i got 20 minutes left in chapel. Right? You can be free to express yourself. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7, for once, say amen, I messed up. Amen. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. Right here. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since though we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him, the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him. We have now received, the, well, I like Corinthians says, the ministry of reconciliation. This verse here, but God demonstrates his own love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I titled it, Is High School Over? Because the overwhelming, what Paul's doing here, this literary unit, he, he clumps these verses 6 through 11. He, he gives a thought, and it comes to this personal, it changes from then to us. The words for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died. This is a time for you theologians. It's, it's chronos. It's God died through Christ. He sent his only son to die for us here at the right timing for the ungodly. So what is the ungodly here? If you're, you know, Romans chapter 3, Paul would say that none are righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. He says those who are ungodly our human beings, it's us. It's those without Christ in their lives. He said, Christ died for the ungodly. Who would die for, you know, someone's going to die for a righteous person, but someone who's evil, why would someone die? He basically goes on saying that in verse 7. But verse 8, but God shows his love. I want to stop there. But God shows his love. 
Do I forgive like Jesus forgives? Do I forgive like Jesus forgives? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This is something I still struggle with, let me tell you. Forgiveness. This will take a lifetime for me. Hope it doesn't for you. But I pray God would break our hearts. Because for me, sometimes when I'm wronged, I feel like it's, it, it hits me too hard and I take it too personal. You know, someone says something and I just take it wrong. I don't like it, but it just I think about it and I ponder. Because I, I think sometimes I think uh, I care about what others think of me. You know, maybe you're like that. You really, you, don't act, you act like you don't care, but you really do. Like, what does he or she think of me? What do they think of me? But that's not the mindset I want to be in. When I'm wronged or when someone has wronged me, we put up our walls because we just want to defend ourselves. I don't want to go through that again. When's the last time your name has been blasted here at Sterling amongst here? There are probably people, y'all, you put each other on blast all the time, right? Because you love each other, right? When's the last time your name has been slandered? Gossiped, rumors, maybe rumors and hutch. You don't like that, right? But you don't like the person who started it, but you can't pinpoint the person who started it because they're too chicken to admit it, right? So they hide behind gossip and rumor. They hide behind their pride and arrogance. But the Bible says we are to forgive. Why? Tenderheartedly. Why? God and Christ forgave you. He forgave you while you were still dead, while you were still ungodly. He demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I like what Moody says about forgiveness. The voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. I'll repeat that. The voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. So that's the reason I can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, muster up and say, you know what, brother? I know you said that about me, but I'm going to let Slada forgive you. Well, I know you, you still owe me money. You haven't paid me back in 10 years. It's fine. Oh, you still got 20 minutes left. Don't worry. That alarm's still off. 20 minutes. You, you hooked me up, though. Thank you. I do need an alarm sometimes. But forgiveness, it's the voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. Because sin is loud, right? In this culture today, what's loud? What's in your door? What's coming into your heart? What is it? What is it? Economy? Global catastrophe? What is it? War? What's loud? Where the biblical standards are trying to be stripped. The warfare of marriage. People think marriage is a social construct. It's a biblical construct that mankind tries to strip away everything. Everything the Bible says. We try to take it into our own realm and construct it because we think it's better. What is it that opposes? What sin is prevalent in our culture? What is it? Theft? I can go uh, to Walmart these days and get slapped with a felony. You know, what is the misdemeanor now? 900 bucks? Tempting, right? I can now walk into a store and not be afraid of getting stopped. We've lost our dignity. We've gone wicked. We've lost our view of God and we've put him out in the midst of nowhere, we don't believe in God. A nation doesn't believe in God. So sin is loud. But let me tell you, forgiveness and the love of Christ can be louder. Why aren't Christians standing up to this? 
This is our standard. This is my authority. It's not nothing because of me or agenda. It's because the word of God has the power to change. It's the gospel that has power to change and effects in our lives. It's the gospel and the love of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ that will affect someone's life. The people that you hate, the people that you don't get along with in college, mom and dad's relationship, your relationship, professor relationship, your internal battle. It's the gospel. It's forgiveness. As Christians, we are to be salt and light. So if Christians are joining the same culture wars, there's no difference. So the unbeliever, the atheist, the agnostic that does not believe in God because the church hurt them, they don't see a difference. They're like, well, they act like that, so I, I don't see any difference. I don't see a change in life. So they'll use that justification. Well, they're like that. Your Bible is a standard, my friends. It is a standard. The voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. Is it louder in our lives? Let me tell you, I know what hate is. I know what bitterness is. I know what rage is. I know what anger is. Why? I'm a human being. I know when you say I hate somebody, I've experienced that. I hated someone for 10 years. You've, you've heard my testimony a little bit. My mother, she abused me growing up. I hated her. I wanted to kill her, but I was too little, okay? Ten years of my life, no birthdays, no contact. She was dead to me, okay? I became a Christian at nine, but Satan had the shackles on me. I was faking it up at church. I was a youth pastor at 18. I was so much of a hypocrite. So much of ministry was stunted. So much of who I was, it was pride and arrogance. You beat me. I was the kid. You beat me. You know, my father, he's the first one to tell me, forgive her. I called her. Hey, I forgive you. Is my relationship perfect now? No. We give each other hugs. Does, is it hard for me to say I love you sometimes? Yes. Is it awkward sometimes in the room? Yes. But is she there at Christmas, Thanksgiving? I want her to be a part of my life. She's my mama. I want her, I want her to know Jesus. So my want for people to know Jesus supersedes everything else. If I want them to come to Christ, I am going to forgive you. If I want them to come to Christ, I will do what I can. Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. For I'm not, so I don't, he says, for I don't cause anyone to stumble with a Jew or Greek church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good for many, so that they may be saved. Many of you still hold the shackles and chains of unforgiveness, of bitterness, and let me tell you, it's a work in progress. If you think you're going to come out of the service, I'm going to forgive. Praise God, that's work of the Holy Spirit. But if this service moves you to, I may, praise God. And if you're still saying no, God's still working. We have hurt in our past. Is high school over? Does it follow? Does it carry over? Forgiveness. The only reason you can forgive is because Christ forgave you. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not only can I forgive as Jesus forgives, but do I demonstrate the love of Jesus? Do I demonstrate the love of Jesus? And let me tell you, this is hard. I'm living this out. I don't have this perfect. But I just try every day, Lord, help me abide in you, Lord. Just move me out of your way. Do I love? Do I demonstrate the love of Jesus? In 1 John 4, 19, this is a good one to memorize. We love because he first loved us. That word love is so thrown around. 
in a relationship, babe, I love you. I love you, I love you. But sometimes love is a disguise for motive. All right, well, us men, we like to use the word love, you know, because I can't say a word in here, but I'll say it after chapel. Us men, we, we, are, we sometimes manipulate. We sometimes overreach our, stand, our, our, our boundaries because women are created in God's image and you are his daughters. And, and we're just immature. Men are still in their spiritual huggies. And for, ladies, forgive us, men. We're still in the spiritual huggies. We still have not uh, matured, but men are going to get there. Do I demonstrate the love of Jesus? This word love is the agape, unconditional undeserving love that he initiates. This is love that's not a human love. It's a heavenly love. This love initiates. This love is the one that looks in your darkness, in your depravity, in your wickedness, in your ungodliness, in your rebellion against God. And this, this love says, I love you. Why? I love you so much that I sent my son leaving the throne. And through the Old Testament, the prophets shout, there is one to come through the sacrificial system. There's one to come that will be once and for all, a payment and atonement of sin. That is Jesus Christ. Jesus was beaten, spit upon, a crown of thorns on his head, crucified on that cross, mocked. He knew it would occur. And people in rebellion yelling, crucify him. Jesus says, I love them. Because I love them. Because God demonstrates his own love in that. Jesus took the payment of sin on the cross, and it was canceled. And he died, and he rose three days later in bodily form, in resurrection over sin, in resurrection over death, that you and I could have life and life eternal. So why am I still acting like I'm still in the high school if Jesus did all of this for me? Are you saying, well, God, ah, it's not worth it. It's worth it. Someone died for us. He took our place. He says, I'm going to remove you and substitute myself, and I'm going to take the holy wrath of God being poured upon me because it's the only sacrifice that would atone and cleanse for sin. But yet, as Christians, we still struggle, and as people, we still struggle. As we walk into the path God has, it's the sanctifying path. As we walk into becoming more like Christ, as I want to be in the Bible, that when I read the Bible, mine's over here. And when I want to listen to worship music, I have some country music in my head. Right? Who listens to country in here? Anybody? My wife loves uh, Jelly Roll, by the way. She's got me in the country phase. So don't judge me. You've already judged me on that. It's okay. Okay? But do I demonstrate the love of Jesus? How do you demonstrate the love of Jesus here on campus? Maybe it looks like someone's, you know, sitting alone. If you go in a cafe and you see somebody sitting alone, please go sit by them. It's not high school anymore. If someone wronged you years ago, go forgive them. This is so minor to deal with. If you broke up with a relationship and every make, everyone makes it awkward, don't make it awkward anymore. If you were on the team and now you're not, don't make it awkward. It's okay. If you were in an honors program now you're not, you're still going to graduate, right? Playing time or no playing time, stop judging. Gucci or fake Gucci, you're going to get judged. Okay, I'll judge you on that one. I can, you know, if you stink or smell pretty or you smell good with cologne, it's okay. We stop, we need to stop thinking about these superficial things that cause division. There's already much division in our nation. Why be divided here? Why? Why do you need to be divided? 
Do you think the basketball team is better than the worship team? Do you think the worship team is better than the tennis team? Do we, are we competing against each other? No, we're warriors. We're one here, right? But not only do I forgive like Jesus, but I must demonstrate the love of Jesus. I want to leave you with a quote from James White. I cannot keep quiet. The stakes are too high. If I truly love others, I will do what I can to direct them towards the gospel, even if it results in conflict. I told you before, when you preach this gospel, someone's going to be offended. But it's the gospel of Christ. It's not your words. When you stand up for your faith, someone's always going to be offended. When you love them, Despite how they treated you, they're still going to get offended. When, they, when you go out and forgive them, they're going to be like, ah, it's not real. It's okay. They're still going to be offended. People will always be offended by something because they have fallen to what's their truth is their truth. And if they're blinded, they're lost. Christians, we are to lead them to Christ by our speech, but also our behavior. People are watching us, but they're also watching us until we fall so they can just smash on us. But when you fall down, Christ will pick you up, Christian. You're still his. We're not out of the kingdom. Unbeliever person that does not have faith. You have morality. You have ethics. Where do you get those standards from? Do you love? Do you cause hatred? Do you cause division? Do you here at Sterling? This is my plea, that this gospel would be the center of chapel and spiritual life. Nothing else. Nothing else. This gospel that the blood of Christ was shed for you and I, payment of sins, would be centrality. Why? Because if I've been bought, adopted into his kingdom, now I'm a new person. I'm a new person, and I'm going to change slowly. And my process may not look as fast as yours, and I may not go to church every Sunday, and I may not read my Bible every day, but Jesus is going to change me. He's changing me in my timing, in my ways, but I need to be planted in his word. Will you allow God to soften your heart? Will you allow God to soften your heart? My heart was always hardened. Maybe you're still hardened and, and tore up and hurt and emotionally scarred by the past. And you're sick and tired of it. And you're like, yeah, I wish high school, high school is over, but it seems like I'm still in high school. Will you allow God to soften your hearts for those who just don't want nothing of church, chapel, Christianity? Will you allow God to soften your heart? Athletes, will you allow God to soften your hearts? He loves you even if you don't get playing time. If you get some playing time, he loves you. Really, he loves you. He loves you. He demonstrated his own love for us while you were yet sinners. Christ died for you. Is high school over yet? Christian, I challenge you to do this. Approach one person that you've hurt or has called, you've caused a division with. Hey, I'm sorry. Right? Go reconcile to somebody. Demonstrate the love of Christ. I've got one story and I'm going to end there was a person named Frank, and they went to Frank's house, and they, can you hear this? They knocked on his door, and Frank says, get out, get out. It was the realtor and the buyer there. His sister said, Frank, we've got some people wanting to buy the house. Frank says, get out. So 
she, his sister, Frank's siblings leave, and they said, well, this will be the only time we get to sell our house. Context was Frank's, Frank had a disability. He, he lived in this house around acreage, and the siblings wanted it because mom and dad had passed away. The mom had had a stroke, and, and she passed. So mom and dad had passed, and they had acreage, and Frank grew up in this house, and when mom, when mom was dying, Frank cared for her. The siblings didn't care for them. So the siblings wanted the money because the money, that land had acreage. So everyone likes a little bit of money, don't they? Right? So they wanted money. Frank, throughout the years, was in depression, isolation. He hated the fact that his siblings were going against him. How dare you? I cared for mom when she was dying and you didn't do anything. And now you want to take my house away? Frank didn't leave his house. He didn't with his disability. So that's why he, he, he yelled at the realtor, get out. So the siblings met with the pastor and the pastor said, there's no difference how you react. You're acting like an atheist. Aren't you Christian? They were, they were convicted. And a few weeks later, they invited Frank to go out to eat. The whole family, Frank, by the power of God, left the home. And so imagine this table of people, all the family. It was like a family gathering. Frank walks through the door and it's silent. And their brothers come up and the sisters come up. And Joe, Joe, the older brother, he presents an envelope with a letter. And it said this, this house will be yours until you die. We won't sell it, but the acreage, we're going to lease it. Frank, by his astonishment, he choked up and he says, this is the first time he's felt appreciated. This was the first time that it felt like they loved him. So Joe grabbed him and hugged him. And Frank just, have you ever been like held in your emotions and you just cried like big time? When was the last time you did that? Like just cried, cried bad. Like you couldn't help it like yesterday or this morning. Frank just cried in front of the family. They all hugged each other. And Frank's and Joel's oldest son with his sister, he says this, he's, the sibling, the, you know, the son said this. There must be a God that exists because my daddy would never have done that. When we forgive like Christ, that means we demonstrate the love of Christ. My prayer is that we can be reconciled as one, but reconciled to God. If you've never had peace with God and you want to trust Christ today, come to my office, come see me afterwards. But my, my plea is this, warriors, that we would just be loving toward one another. And yeah, we're still going to judge each other because we're human, but let's try not to do that. That we would forgive, that we reconcile in a gentle spirit. And Christians, that we would set the example. People are watching you, Christian, that we would love like Jesus because he died for us while we were yet sinners. That he reconciled us to Christ. The book of Romans is a good book if you want to read it. I'm going to go ahead and pray and we'll Dismiss. Father God, I thank you for today. Father, I pray for the one that has a hardened heart. Would you soften it? For the one who has not made their peace with you, would you call them out? For the hurting Christian, just work in our hearts. We're not perfect, but we want to follow your ways and your words. In Christ, and we pray. Amen.